Rogers, who the only place he's going to take it to is the toilet bowl. And then you got Brett Favre, who will take it to the Super Bowl. I do like me a triple butter burger with cheese and the works, you know, ketchup, mustard, pickles. Could the package be really good? Yeah, I certainly would love that. But also to say that, is this look like a rebuild? Probably. If you think we're in a rebuild, then you got the wrong team. QB1, man. Come on, man. Best QB in the league right here. What's up, John Money? What's up, guys? This is Jeff Giannis. And Giannis does not stop it. Oh, please. What a cat. That's insane. You're listening to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the Roman Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Todd. Todd. Hello, hello. Billy is out this week. He did go to the game and uh, sadly passed away, so he will not be with us today. No, he's fine. He, uh, I talked to him earlier today, and his voice is shot. He's a little <laughs> under the weather. I almost wanted him to come on just so we could hear him speak because he almost just sounds like a different person. But we'll Is have it shot back. from being under the weather, or is it shot from yelling and then just also happens to be under the weather did he specify he he said he wasn't able to yell at the game because oh it was already shot oh no yeah so he was on the injury report going in but he did make it uh pretty good for him the two games he's been at u.s bank stadium where it was 2019 the zadarius game when we clinched the the north and then this game which was pretty spectacular as well so we'll have him back next week don't worry he's got his stump spenny and predictions all set for us too so but yeah 33 to 10 we beat the shit out of the Minnesota Vikings. Packers are now 8-8 eight and eight and control their destiny to make the playoffs. Second year in a row where Week 18 is a win in your end game. But, yeah, this week we'll talk about the offense, defense, take news. We'll talk a little bit about Jair. You know, if you want him to play, we'll talk about Joe Barry and the game ball thing, which is a little interesting. We'll have, we'll have Is Kyle an Idiot some Packers trivia and then preview the Bears game. But first... Todd, pretty, pretty cool game. Once again, Packers win 33-10. to 10. <laughs> The Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins led Minnesota Vikings. And I I don't know about you. I, I So I watched the game at uh, my buddy's sister's house. And okay. it, it was a bunch of Viking fans. There was like 15 people there, maybe like three Packer fans. And it was funny how, you know, it just died off in the second half. You know, there was some playful <clears throat> shit talking. And then, that just, then it turned into, oh, uh. It's not O'Brien. What's their head coach's name? Kevin. Uh, Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell. They were talking shit about him. But every time in that game, I know it was New Year's Eve, but every time they go, went to the booth and Tariko and Collinsworth were wearing the tuxedos, yeah. I laughed every single time. I was like, what the fuck? Like, Collinsworth had to have the been The tuxedos upset. were good. <laughs> I loved the tuxedos. And I was like, when they popped up, I was like, I wasn't like when the broadcast started, I was like a little bit like at an angle away from the TV, wasn't really watching. I was like, are they wearing tuxedos? <laughs> and I had to like go over there and sit down and take a look. I was like, oh, yeah, they are. It must be a New Year's thing. And I think one of them had like a pattern tie, which made it look a little worse. I guess the, the TV. Tariko had like a weird, it was like somebody sprayed white paint in his tie or something. Is that what it was? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> it's just like. I didn't remember whose it was, but I I think the TV was like muted, so we could, or at least we couldn't hear it too much. So just it was more funny when it's just a visual thing of those yes, two goofballs that is funny. in there. But uh, awesome game! I did not see that coming. I thought it was kind of a coin flip going in. I think it ended with the Packers the line being uh, minus one when they opened at like minus two okay. and a half in Minnesota. But either way, I mean, I don't even know where to start here. Jordan Love, 
He might lead the league in touchdowns when the season's over. A great game. Uh, Bo Melton, over 100 yards. The first Packers receiver to go over 100 yards in the season, which is kind of crazy. You would have thought someone else had that by now, but it's almost a good thing. Like We've had so many productive receivers. No one went over 100 yards, but it's like it feels like Wicks and Reed have had so many games where they're at like right. 80, 90 yards or so. So great to see Melton uh, produce. Defense only really allowing three points if you <laughs> throw out that stupid touchdown after the terrible Samari Ture punt. But uh, yeah, what did you think? Were you scared after the going into that game? We don't usually play all that great at US Bank Stadium, but Kirk with the shirt off and the chain <laughs> blowing that stupid ass horn. What were you thinking going into the game? I actually thought I, I was more nervous like going to the game. I, I really didn't think we were going to win. I just like going to US Bank seems to like the history of that stadium. We don't play well there. <clears throat> and I just thought that with the Joe Barry defense, we were just going to, it was going to be a little bit of a shootout, even though their quarterback is a nobody rookie. But when I saw Kirk with his shirt off, I just was like, I almost felt like the opposite. I'm like, oh my God, like this is embarrassing. Like we might, <laughs> this might give us a leg up. Like I don't, it was funny, right? Mm-hmm. But I hate that horn. And like oh, the horn is the fucking worst. It's the dumbest thing in the world. I hate the horn. And they, the noise that they make in between, like in between plays, that like humming noise. You know what I'm talking about? The well, there's that like that. When we went, we, we were at the Rogers Broken Collarbone game, and they literally pumped in crowd noise. Like I, I heard yes. it at one point. Yes. Yeah. When it's quiet, you can hear them pumping in crowd noise. Which I'm also like, even. Regardless of the pumped in crowd noise, which they're obviously not admitting that they do, but the sound that they make in between plays, is that allowed? It is the most annoying thing in the world oh. that you can't even, they probably can't even call a play in the huddle. It's so loud. I it's hate been, that stadium. It's been so long since I've been there. I can't even remember the. I could hear stuff. it on the broadcast. Ah. I could literally hear it on the broadcast. It was so annoying. I just remember what, because when we went, I don't think you had watched it at the time, but the guy who blew the horn was uh, the mountain. From Game of Thrones, Yo. I believe, for that uh, Rogers game, and I think big that, dude. Did he play in the league? I he I could be wrong. He he, did. he might have had like a training camp appearance yeah, for with, someone in the past, but I don't. know. We're going a little bit off the rails. The game. What did you <laughs> start in the game? What did you I like mean, most with this with this foosball game? What did I like most? What was my favorite part? Man, I just think that this was for me. This just kind of solidified Jordan Love. Not that he hasn't been playing great the past few weeks, but like just to watch him go out there with Bo Melton. Granted, he had Jared Reed back. Um, but I mean, he just he throws the ball all over the place, off platform. He's making nice throws, really not any bad throws. And the way he just takes command of the huddle, like just watching it. This this week was kind of like what solidified it for me jordan love like being the guy going forward like that dude's gonna get paid to a side note but yeah that'll be that'll be very interesting to see how that gets worked out this off season too because yeah it, it, the second half of the season it's just we're, we're almost anticipating him to have a bad game but even you know the giants game and the bucks game it's not like he was really at fault in either of those matchups either and now it is it's just it's just the little stuff where it's like you're excited that what we're going to work on this offseason is once again the footwork, but it's like just hitting the open guys sometimes, like the Malik Heath pass that he missed, the Bo Melton one that he missed, and even the deep ball was looking a little bit better 
in this game, albeit they were kind of wide open on a couple of those True. throws. But, but his deep ball has been good, what everybody's talking about since week nine, right? Like, that's the big yes. thing on Twitter. Yep. But his deep ball has been really good. And the fact that he was able to change it, obviously, wide receiver and tight end maybe not being in the same, in the right place a lot of times at the beginning of the season, that probably doesn't help. But I do feel like a lot of it is him, too, like actually fixing some issues that he's having. I'm not a quarterback guru, but like just the the way the ball comes out of his hand on the deep balls, it just looks way different now, right? And like that one up the middle to read, like dude was falling away. Like that was very like Rodgers-esque. Mm-hmm. Like you could see the off-platform, the hop at well, the end, I mean, like beautiful. <sighs> The amount of times, like especially Collinsworth, just loves making those comparisons. It's like, okay, yes, he does, I, I yes. know, true, yes, Favre had bad footwork at times too, but it's they're not the only guys who've right. thrown a football like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sticking with offense, Jordan Love still, like we were saying, great game, twenty four out of thirty three, two hundred fifty six yards, uh, two, three touchdowns, a uh, rating of one hundred and twenty five point three. He joins some list. I know we. Uh, said it earlier this year, but the three touchdown, zero pick games. I think he, it's him, Patrick Mahomes, and who was the other guy? Was it Lamar Jackson? The only guys under twenty five or twenty six to have. Uh, oh, there was an. I saw a different one earlier in the year. The, it was similar. There was the Packer one too, where I th- oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, every quarterback who has done this for the Packers has either gone on to win a Super Bowl or an MVP, which is pretty good. But yeah. Mostly good stuff. I mean, a couple bad things, like we said, a couple bad overthrows. I hate that that Q. We knew that QB sneak was not going to work on that third and long one and a half. I I'm a dumb idiot. I'm a dumb idiot. But it's like I don't know if bunching everyone up at the line and pretty much showing them that you're going to run up the middle is the right move. I would fuck it. just spread everyone out wide. You know, just have your five offensive linemen in front of you. Do your fake little check at the line and then run forward. That's what I would do until that didn't work, and then maybe try some other short yards things. But we're the best. Uh, not like it's the same thing here because we're talking about third and one. But the and goal situations this year, we went from the worst in the league last year to the best this year. So maybe I'm complaining a little bit too much. But I th- that shit. I like th- I like that we're doing the sneak more. But there's sometimes where it's like you just got to know not to, not to go in the belly of the dragon there i think what you do differently is you take the college football approach and we're gonna put in sean clifford and then behind him we're putting tj slayton and we're putting in sean clifford because tj slayton is just gonna run at him and so we don't want jordan love getting destroyed um so we just use sean clifford as a and then the battering ram behind him is tj slayton right like who stops that that. you know what i mean yeah give him a 10 yard head start run they could stop they could stop him at the line, and then there's a bowling ball coming behind him, and he's just going to take Sean Clifford for a ride. And if Clifford dies, he dies. You know, we got Alex Magoo next week. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and then also to talk about, well, I guess we'll get into him after. I, I guess I don't know what else we want to talk about with Jordan Love. The footwork, the running around. I wish he would have hit that uh, Malik Heath touchdown just because it was such a cool rollout, getting out of the pressure, throwing it. But Yep. I don't know. I don't know, and this is back to the stupid shit where comparisons to Patrick Mahomes and shit. I don't know if there's anyone else in the league who throws with more of a variety of arm angles than Jordan Love at this point. It's kind of funny how early on this year, I think his girlfriend on that one video where they were talking to a bunch of players, significant others, and she said that his nickname is like Silly Body. 
and the way he plays football is a silly body boy. And that's what we keep seeing. Silly body is his nickname? It, she said something that <laughs> she calls him silly body for some reason in okay. some instances. And I'm like, since she said that and you watch him play, that's all I really see. Especially like his, he's almost got clown shoes on. I don't know. His feet just look so big too. And it's, yeah. his arm angles are weird. I don't, I just love, he's a very entertaining guy to watch. And it doesn't hurt that he's really good at playing football right now too. He is like a little bit goofy looking i guess i do think he looks at like i'm not saying he doesn't look athletic when he's running around there mm-hmm. but like at some points he looks a little bit like a baby giraffe just yes. like there's instances of it not very many well but. that touchdown too you know it's kind of him and han watching it live but then you see the replay i wish they would have just called it a touchdown live kind of like the bronc uh the aaron Rodgers yeah. rushing touchdown against the broncos in 2011 where it's like you almost lose that fun momentum of just calling right. it a touchdown live i mean it was at in minnesota anyway so it's not like it was a huge deal but i didn't think he had it but you watching the replay it's like oh he fucking he floated the entire time yeah it didn't look and the angle there is bad too, going away and then getting tackled too. So it's hard to see anything. But like, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he got in. And then they watch the replay. And it's like, holy crap! The quarter inch of the end of the nose gets in. It's pretty fun, especially because uh, you know it looked like it could have been a fumble too. And with that week with the right. CD Lamb fumble <laughs> in the back of the end zone and stuff, it was like, okay, I guess I don't want to fuck around with that. Uh, sticking with quarterback Sean Clifford, that throw pretty hilarious. That one, that's what got. Uh, our first 100-yard receiver on the season. Oh, that's true. But what an ugly ball. That's one of those where people were saying the preseason yeah. that Clifford doesn't have an NFL arm. It's like, that did not look like an NFL arm. He was mm-hmm. just so wide-ass open, it was easy. So it, uh, one for one in his career and a 37 yep. yards per attempt average. I think Bill Huber even Pretty put it good. out that it's like the best in the in NFL history, obviously. So oh. we'll, we'll see if he can... Retire. Yeah, we'll see if he can maintain that and maybe... You know, those Sean Clifford truthers from earlier this year had some ground to stand on because he's looking pretty good right now. Um, Pass catchers. I mean, we talked about it a little bit already, but Bo Melton, what a crazy game. Pretty cool for him, too, wearing number 80, and I'm sure people saw the videos after the game with Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed and everyone, like, celebrating with him after having the big game. Um, For those who don't remember, and I had kind of thought or forgot about it, too, um... He was a late-season pickup last year after the Seahawks cut him. He was a seventh-round pick for them. We had him come in for a pre-draft visit, so we did like him. Scooped him up, and then all through training camp, you know, the talk was like Malik Heath. We had mm-hmm. Cody Crest. We had uh, Deuce Watts. And then we had Jadakiss Bonds. Jadakiss Bonds in that last preseason game had like 60 yards receiving, and Bo okay. Milton did not make a lot of waves this training camp to the point where when we didn't bring Cody Crest or Bonds back on the practice squad but brought Milton back it was a little surprising to some people but now it's just like holy shit you know it's three four games in a row where he's helped produce one way or the or another and he's fucking fast he ran a 4.3440 he's actually he clocked faster than Christian Watson which he's also six inches shorter than him I think but yeah. pretty impressive to just have a guy like that show up out of nowhere. And now it's like, how many fucking wideouts do we have right now? You know, I was kind of thinking like <clears throat> low key next year. I'm not saying he's going to be like top three pass catcher, but maybe, maybe I'm going to call it right now. He could be a <laughs> top know. three receiver. 
It is the because Christian Watson can't stay healthy and Romeo Dobbs can't stay consistent. But it's wow. But with the I tight mean, ends, Romeo Dobbs. I'm saying I'm not saying pass catcher. I'm saying wide receiver. But top three, calling it. J- Mark it down. J- I don't. Jaden Reed. But you're talking about Dobbs. It's Jaden Reed. It's yep. Dontavian Wicks. Yep. And then that's Bo Melton. I don't. I don't think he's going to overtake. I think you're getting. He's a little, coming on uh, strong. He, he's. Co- I, I am into the hype, but he is coming on strong, and he's had some nice games prior to this one too. Actually, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much he can keep up with this, especially with. It seems like he's still going to get a lot of. Well, now he's been called up to the fifty-three man roster too. After we put Samari Ture on the IR yep. for a bruised ego or something, I'm pretty sure he finished oh, the game. But that's what you can designate. Him. Yes, at times, or they had him drop a weight on his toe or whatever. Uh, Jaden Reed, another great game. You know, he's questionable going into it. Didn't play last week, and that fucking chest injury which took him out. Uh, Ian Rappaport put out that they're still testing it. But all indications after were that he was pretty optimistic and he was trying to get back into the game. So yeah, I, think I heard he was push. trying to get back in, which was like that made me felt feel better about it. That they're like, hey, we're up thirty to ten. Like you're probably just not going back in, right? Like yeah. that's. I hope that that's what the conversation was. True, but it was still odd seeing them walk him out of the tunnel and into the locker room. But I would assume he's going to play, and hopefully, Dontavian Wicks too, who did not play in this game, but. Reed, I mean, fuck. Especially that second touchdown, I think it was, where he just broke like three or four tackles. That is so fucking cool to see, especially a dude who isn't like a big guy, but to have that Just carrying two dudes into the end zone? <laughs> yeah. It was one of those. I love that. It, it wasn't the Donald Driver against the Niners and the throwback right, jerseys of 2011, right. but it's like. He's not gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna score. He scored. That's why I was like. I thought he was gonna go down five to eight yards short. Like when the guys were converging on him, it's like he's mm-hmm. not getting out of that. And no. he just starts dragging him. I'm like, holy shit, that's impressive. And like that's the stuff that Dontavian Wicks does every week. Malik Heath is physical as hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we have some physical wide receivers. It's really impressive, actually. It's cool to have these guys too, and talking about physicality and I guess that mindset, but the playing through injuries or at least attempting to because Jaden Reed, he was pushing for it. Dontavian Wicks, even before the game, he was with the trainers really pushing to play. He's publicly said, like, if he can be out there, he's always going to be out there. I don't want to say that's a knock on Christian Watson because when when you see Watson get hurt, you don't see him do the things on the sideline you see other guys do. Now, I, it sounds... Everyone has only said great things about Christian Watson in like right. the locker room, the media and stuff. And he said that he's paid like tens of thousands of dollars to have trainers with him. And I do believe all of that. It's just, it's tough. And at some point, it's going to be like, next year is going to be his third season. And he's going to go into that with these question marks again. And at that point, it's like, you're going to have to play through some of this shit or you're going to hurt your value as an NFL player. But he and it's always been hamstrings, right? He has to figure out the hamstring issues. Like even in North Dakota, it's, yeah, it's not easy, right? It's not easy to figure that stuff out. But like, I think he's on the right path, right? If he, he said some stuff in the media too about like, oh, it's it's this or this, and this is affecting this, which is like, okay, at least he's like, you can tell he's trying to figure it out. He's not just like, ah, I'm just. I don't think he's. I think he is hurt, right? Like, I think when you absolutely. have a hammy, yes, it's totally is. like legit that you're not going to be able to just oh like fight through it like his job is to be fast right so mm-hmm. that really it's tough but you would we need him to be durable too right like and that's the that's the downside is like you can be the ferrari but if you're not out on the field it's like well you're no use to us 
Right. And he, I think he said he has to strengthen his back in the off season. That's why I thought he said too, is like his core mm-hmm. was weak. So his hamstrings were not a physical therapist. Obviously yeah. that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but whatever. Tucker craft. We're talking about guys running through people. It's, it's the same shit every week with him. It's almost like when we talked about Rogers, but it's like, I just love him. Every week, it's just he is a bully out there. I think it was his first catch where he got that Vikings defender. The stiff arm? He just fucking dribbled his head Jesus. on the ground pretty much. It's And I think you might have mentioned it last week, but an added, I don't want to say benefit of Luke Musgrave going down, but Musgrave is great at spreading the field, and Tucker Craft yes. is great at fucking destroying guys who are trying to tackle him. And I think it's been such a benefit of having these little quick outs or checkdowns going to Tucker Kraft instead of Luke Musgrave because Kraft is breaking a tackle. I swear to God, he has to be averaging like a broken tackle per reception. But instead of like a two-yard or no-yard gain, I swear to God, it's a minimum of four yards every time he catches one of these balls. And that puts us in a great down and distance just about every single drive that he's getting the ball. So I... I love him. His blocking too. He fucking pancaked Daniel Hunter, which is fucking awesome. It's like I I don't know if I could have more complaints of, or any complaints about him. Even in the media, he's still just fucking hilarious with the shit he says. You know, I I just I cannot wait to see. Hopefully this week, him and Luke on the field as well. I love him. He is my favorite of the two, just because he is the hard nose, like a little bit crazy. A little bit of a meathead, like that's what I want my tight end to be. Like I want him to be. I don't know if hurdling is what you would normally want. No but hurdles like, this doing, week. No hurdles this week, but like doing the crazy shit that you want your like your big, tough mm-hmm. guy doing, and like he can like he loves to block, right? Like very kittle of him to be like, uh-huh. I, I just love the violence at the line of scrimmage <laughs> and like the stuff he says like that. Like I just love him. Now granted, like to your point too, <clears throat> Musgrave can stretch the field. That's great, right? Have being able to stretch the field at the seam where you can't really trust a linebacker to run with him. Even the fast ones like that's dangerous too. getting them both on the field. I'm excited to see like what LaFleur can come up with for them. Um, people are saying the Packers have the Patriots offense from 2012. I don't know. We'll see. I I thought of having this for like take news because I think I just want to have quick hitters this week. But, and this is once again, dumb fan brain, like thinking optimistic here, but it's the same shit we were saying like this off season pretty much with the whole mad or uh, SI cover and shit. How many offenses would you rather have right now than the Green Bay Packers? Because I'm thinking like, I don't know, maybe the Eagles. I mean, San Fran. San Fran, obviously. Miami with Tyreek and uh, their uh, their rookie yeah. running back. And uh, even, I would say, you know, the Falcons with Robinson, Pitts, and Drake I London. I think those are the three. I think you named the three first. Eagles, San Fran, and Miami. I'm trying to think of another one. I mean, I'm sure you can make some arguments. I mean, the Lions are halfway decent, too, with Laporta, Amon Ra, Montgomery, and uh, Gibbs. But it's but with the quarterback too, and all these guys being young, it's it's I'm very excited. No matter how uh, I'm not going to say that because I think I said that last year too, or with just being optimistic. But it's going to be a very fun off season thinking about the potential of this offense for next year, especially with like the contracts and everything. Too. I'm just I I can't wait. If you were starting a team, 
like the value that this team has right now, this offense has, it's like highest potential value. Does that make sense? Like if you were playing Madden, you were drafting I was a, fantasy, a franchise that. fantasy draft. If anyone's ever done that, like this is the, you want all the guys that are super young that have huge upside and are already pretty good. Like that's, that's like what I feel like this team is. And it's really the most exciting because there's so much hope. And like, you haven't seen any of them flop really. I mean, mm-hmm. with the exception of, Maybe Romeo disappearing into the shadows and then Christian being hurt all the time. But like yeah. in general, this offense, like if you can get everybody healthy, the wide receiver position at the tight end position, running back is going to change maybe a little bit this offseason, but quarterback too and the line. I mean, yeah. this is a really exciting offense. Yeah, it's stupid. And yeah, I think if like in Madden, you know, you go through a full year and then like the young guys get better. I'd like to see yep. what how many points these guys who will go regress. Because somebody will, right? It happens every year. Somebody is going to request. We we don't we don't know who it is, obviously, but like Who's that always happens. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. Won't be Bo Melton. I'm gonna guess Luke Musgrave right now. I have no idea. Maybe it's just because he's not the best all around. I don't know who fucking. I don't. We got a full fucking year just about running backs. Aaron Jones. I mean, God, two weeks in a row over 100 yards, 20 carries, 120 yards, a six yard uh, average. He also caught a couple ball or one ball for 10 yards, but. Once again, just a huge difference seeing him run the ball. First play of the second half to get a 26-yard run. Pretty fucking cool, too. Um, great play where Love was under some pressure and just a little check down to Aaron Jones. It didn't look like it would be anything. Wiggled around the sideline to pick up a yep. first down. Very, very cool. Got banged up. That was scary. Went to the tent, yep. came back, finished the game, so that was good. A.J. Dillon. Uh, he did have one nice yard or one nice run for 10 yards. He had an average of 3.9 in this game. And I looked it up just to be sure because, you know, I'm curious about stuff. On the season, he's averaging 3.4 yards of yards of carry. Of the of all the players in the league who have at least 100 carries this year, A.J. Dillon's average is ranked 45th out of 49 players. So that just lets you know he's not, you know, I... You know, I I do have. I, He's not a feature back. I uh, I had it for corrections, but I'll just say it now. Last week, I made a list of like running backs I'd rather have than him: Jamal Williams, um, James Starks, Brandon Jackson. I'm going to take back the Brandon Jackson one. I would rather have AJ Dillon than Brandon Jackson. That was nice. But other than that, I'm standing firm on all that. Patrick Taylor had some carries in this game too, but. I don't. Would you any anything to add with the running backs? I mean, it it's no. It's just it felt right to have Aaron Jones back there again. It's exactly. What I was just gonna say is just having Aaron Jones, his ability to create. I mean, like that's what a number one running back does. That's where AJ Dillon lacks. It's just it's just different guys, right? He still has his place. He can get you a yard here, there, right? And then <laughs> occasionally, yeah. if if you get him to the second level, he's he's much better. It's just like at the point of attack. He doesn't thrive is the mm-hmm. problem. And like as a running back, that's like a pretty important. I mean, and it's just I have enjoyed what he's brought to the team too, kind of like Tucker Craft, because there was a couple games there. Fuck, it might have been like the Chargers. He's a great guy. Ugh, sure. Um, but he, <laughs> he like injured two guys on like one drive. And I'm like, yes, yes, this is this is what this offense has been missing. That's what I mean. If he gets to the second level, like corners yeah. don't want anything to do with him. He, he runs through linebackers. It's like. Arm tackles at the line of scrimmage. I just don't understand how arm tackles line of scrimmage, but then he can bull over a linebacker head on. I just don't. 
it's like he hasn't built up enough steam by the time he gets to the line yep. and he just gets drugged to the ground. But like, if you can get him five yards down the field, he's just a bulldozer. It's like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, he just has a well, completely different running style. That's why I think he's almost better out of the backfield catching the ball than anything else. Cause if he has a little, he's bit, away from the big boys, he's away from the big boys and he can get that running start. And then he's pretty good there. You know, if, if he can get two, two, three yards to get that motor going, he's, he's a pretty productive football player. You know, I think if there's anything I could, would change about him if he was on His Madden branding? and I, it, that, I yeah maybe okay. but, I, but on the football field mm. his acceleration he's like he has oh my god no he's not slow like top like once he gets going he's actually pretty fast but like mm-hmm. his acceleration I feel like is what kills him I don't think I think it was against the Panthers but he had that one where he ran up the middle it was it wasn't blocked up so he like stopped and turned around and went off tackle and it was it was like a semi truck making a turn I think you text me and you were like. AJ Dillon is slow, or AJ <laughs> Dillon is not fast. It's like very uh, yes, yeah, I astute, agree. astute observation. Um, the offensive line, Walker. I mean, it's been the same few guys the last week. Yash only came in at the end. Uh, John Runyon and Sean Ryan did pretty much split snaps 50-50 again, but zero sacks allowed, only three QB hits. The backs average 4.5 yards a carry. Um, like I said, they were rotating. Rashid Walker with another very solid performance, too. We mentioned last week yeah. what this offseason is going to be like. Because, again, t- just from where for where we're going to be drafting, you would think tackle kind of makes the most sense. But, again, if he keeps this up, because I know he's one of the like better-rated tackles in the league over the last month or so, and he's one of the more, like, the highest uh, pass block win rate in the league, too. Like, he's top five in that, too. So... I don't know. It's one of those things where, again, we're not worrying about him like we did a couple months ago. So mm-hmm. that works for me. Um, the other thing to monitor is going to be the injuries. Again, we're recording on Tuesday, and the first practice will be on Wednesday. So that'll be a big game because both it looked like Elton Jenkins and Josh Myers got banged up and weren't able to finish the game. They did pull guys, too, with Clifford. But there was replays of both of them getting rolled up kind of weird there. So that will be... Yeah. Hopefully we don't have to have a Royce Newman experience or John Runyon moving over to center or some shit like that. But overall, hard to be upset with anything that the offensive line did. I think super... We didn't really talk about it, but I think going into last week, the top tandem of pass rushers was with sacks was or four sacks was hunter and then who's the other outside linebacker in minnesota but that was the top tandem mm. in the league on the season if you you know take the two top pass rushers you yep. know what i'm saying you look yep, confused yep. no i got you um i was just trying to think of who the other guy is and i mean dean lowry wallace probably. and tom definitely not dean lowry <laughs> wallace and tom allow no sacks and honestly daniel hunter walker and tom on the right side of that on the on the right side of that line, yep, he was like absent. Like I don't know how yeah. many times I actually looked and like the replays and stuff like that, and he's just getting stymied by Tom. Like he he's like Tom is so quick that I feel like that is like a really good matchup for us because like Daniel Hunter's I don't think a power guy. He's more of a speed edge guy, even though he's big dude. But like it just he just. He killed him. It, it was nothing that he was able to do. It was hilarious. It's interesting, too, because maybe I just think too much about dumb shit, but playing at U.S. Bank Stadium um, on that turf, you know, you're thinking a fast track, and usually that's 
you know, if you have some good pass rushers, that's where you have that chance to kind of struggle a bit. And then I'm thinking, it's like, well, you know, Brian Balaga is was kind of a bigger guy. I'm thinking like Chad Clifton even. Obviously, Mark Tauscher, big, ugly body. David Bakhtiari, a better pass blocker, and he's more of a finesse guy. But it's almost like Rash- the body types of Rashid Walker and Zach Tom are kind of built to manage these more finesse rushers, especially a faster track like U.S. Bank Stadium. I thought but there Wallace was a chance is he huge. Got. It's he's not Rashid Wallace. He is Rashid Walker. Oh, you're right. <laughs> a lot of people. Walker is huge. Yes, I mean he he looks like an offensive lineman. I think I said earlier this year he looks like a guard, but he's not as he's got kind of like that Preston Smith paunch tummy more than like a big body like Mark Tauscher was. Yeah, I guess the body isn't, but like the frame is gigantic. Yes, yes, that's a very fair point. You don't think speed, like you don't think edge <laughs> speed when you look at Walker, yeah. not Wallace. Yes, um, I just he just uh, it's odd to see like if that is really his strength is like finesse and speed. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting the way you can't really look at a guy in the NFL and know what he's good at anymore. Yeah, and it's odd too because you know you wouldn't have thought of it, but it's kind of a weird thing to think of. He's probably the third best offensive lineman on this team right now. I mean, David Bakhtiari, I don't really think he counts, but you know that's right. something. Again, I mean, it's nice to have these surprises. No one was thinking about Rashid Walker going into this season. Loki and he did give up one of the hits, but um, at center, Josh Myers is actually playing mm-hmm. much better, like much better. The last month, like I think even that uh, that QB sneak that they attempted, I think that is a little bit where they're trusting him a little bit more. You know, we've seen that twice sure, now the fair. last two weeks. So um, I know Daniel Hunter had a pressure when he went inside. He had a pressure and I think a hit on the inside on him. But that's a tough, you take a tough that. assignment for a center too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, very fair. Yeah, it's weird how I think the Vikings have been pretty good at um, getting some talent at their edge spots, like their ta- yep. their offensive tackles are both pretty good now. And then those pass yeah. rushers too. And both of both sides of the ball there, they struggled on Sunday, which was pretty cool for us at mm-hmm. least. Um, but with that, you have any, you got something else up? It looked like you were opening your no. mouth. No, no, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, nothing at all. Then we will have a quick nothing. commercial break. All right. And we are back with the defense, the defense. <sighs> Typical Joe Barry can't be mad at him game. I mean, I I was a little worried with Jaron Hall. I obviously after the first series, it's like, oh, this guy can't really throw the ball. He had that one, I think his second or third series where he just ripped it in the middle of the field. I'm like, uh oh, hopefully he doesn't get going here. But that was literally the like only good throw he had all night. Um and just I mean, that once Ballantyne picked off that ball that he totally under or through behind the tight end i was like i think we're gonna win this game because we're <laughs> pretty confident we're gonna get points after picking off at like the 35 but yep, pretty awesome game overall for the defense uh nine different players had a qb hit which is pretty pretty oh, wow. remarkable um packers defense held up well in the red zone you know uh, they had the turnover on downs that was pretty big and i mean the one touchdown that they let up was after the samari Ture muffed punt um but yeah i i was very very happy overall with the defense i hope you know this doesn't lead into other things we'll talk during take news but uh overall what were your thoughts on the defense i i think it was more the offense that didn't perform than the defense, but yeah. give credit where credit is due. The Vikings the defense offense. did do a nice job. The Vikings offense, sorry. 
they, it wasn't the toughest opponent this week, but give credit where it's due. They did do a nice job on rushing the passer too. Uh, Preston Smith was, it seemed like in the backfield all night. And that was fun to watch for, for the old vet. And then just in general, like the secondary, I feel like this happens like every other week where they just like, they're like a cohesive group. Like I just think about that defense is like nobody out there really has like the elite skill that like, NFL teams are looking for but like they just seem to play well and they look like they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. which is like for so many years we looked at that secondary and it's like they're all like scatterbrained like you go like they're scrambling last second and I'm like this year it seems like it still happens but it seems like every other week we have these games where it's like oh like they know how to play together and like it just works so it's really interesting like it would be interesting to know if there's certain people that play and then don't play sometimes mm-hmm. that maybe throw it off a little bit and maybe don't cover their assignment. I don't know. It's, it's It'd be interesting to see. Well, we'll talk about that with take news, but you're right. It's been like when it's Ballantyne and Valentine out there, they just play more within the, the system. The Allentines. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's very strange, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. And you were saying how it was more so the Vikings offense not doing anything. It was like just a freaky Friday of the first matchup this yeah. year where – it's not like the Vikings defense was great at Lambeau. It's just our offense was just so out of sync. And that seems to be mm-hmm. exactly what happened with the Vikings, especially when uh, Jaron Hall was back there. Um, front seven, Preston, we already said it, great night. Pressured uh, Hall on the first series, uh, forcing the third down punt. He obviously had the strip sack too, which was huge. Started celebrating before the play was even over when Carl Brooks recovered it. Uh, kind of a quiet night, I guess, from Gary LVN and... Kenny, I mean, LVN was in on that one sack, and I think the Isaiah McDuffie injury thing as well. Uh, yep. TJ Slayton, a couple really nice just run stuffs. He's been a really nice, um, consistent player throughout yep. this year. You know, he hasn't really had any glaring bad plays, which is nice. Uh, Quay Walker had that nice sack, one of those where I think we were expecting to see a hell of a lot more of this year. I think that was only his first or second one of the season, but... It was just so wide-ass open when he rushed. It's yeah. like, I, I'm dumb, but it's like, I think we could try this more and the defense would be better. That's just me, but I don't know. Well, and his speed, too. Like the That was what it was. The running back just could not get a body on him, and he just walked right around yeah. him for the sack. Like Playing into his strength, which is his speed on the rush, like the delayed rush would be, I mean, it, it works. No, we should have him just drop back into, into zone to use his speed, you know, just the zone coverage and have him sit pat when he hasn't really done too much of that in his career either. It's fucking dumb. Um, he also... Yeah, zone always. Something with him, and it's not like it's a huge thing, but he drops a couple picks. He had one that was a little iffy in this game. He could have picked off, off his hands, whatever. Um, and sticking with inside linebackers, Isaiah McDuffie got hurt on that friendly fire. Really weird deal, too, where at first you're like, oh, fuck, it's this neck, oh, boy. And then he walks off, but... Even then, he was like lingering around and had to get carted off after. It seems like it was just a really bad concussion. So I don't. It was. It was I thought they're gonna say like stinger the way that he like they all three ran into each other. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like it's his neck or something. Then they said concussion. I was like, oh, he must have just really got jarred up there. I don't know. That was an interesting. Like it was weird, right? Mm-hmm. Cut to commercial. Come back, and then he's like getting carted to the or whatever it was whenever they come back from break and the dude's still on the ground that's always when you're like oh yeah fuck hopefully he's all right so i 
I guess I'm glad it was only concussion. So we'll something to monitor this week. Yeah, just your brain. Yeah, just, no just your brain. But uh, going up against the Bears, especially, obviously a team who runs the ball a little bit more. We're already right. down to Vondre Campbell. So I think that'll be an interesting storyline going into this game. One, who's playing? But it's like, is Devondre Campbell going to decide he can play through this injury now after sitting out the last two weeks? Or are we going to stick with Eric Wilson, who I think was okay, like that first series he replaced Isaiah McDuffie. He uh, had that one tackle that he missed he on the tight the end. He let the tight end just go. And like I think he just thought he hit him hard enough to knock him over because you could see him <laughs> yeah. like he like kind of stood there like he made the tackle. He turned quick and it was like, oh, oops. Oopsie. Yeah, he's but gone. I think, I mean, going up against Justin Field, we need somebody who can kind of chase the quarterback around a little bit. I would kind of rather have Wilson. That's, for this one, like yeah. Campbell just doesn't have the legs right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, maybe he will after having two weeks off, but I, it is. I don't know. It is because it's not like Wilson's a great player, but he ha- he hasn't been a huge liability either way. Um, and Hank, I'm sure would second this. Who used to be on the podcast? It's nice that we don't have uh, Ty Summers <laughs> going in yeah, and right. playing defensive plays. So poor it, Ty. It could always be worse. Um, moving on to the secondary, I mean, we hinted at it, but. Valentine and Valentine, hard. I mean, you can't really complain. Valentine even was pretty good in the run game. There was a couple times yeah. he got off blocks and hit the back, which was great to see. You know, was I, he the one that got trucked? Uh, would have been on like on the left sideline. I don't remember, but it was I, it was one of the two. It was Valentine or Valentine? They got trucked, but it was like, hey, way to put your nose in yeah. there. I'd rather that than make a business decision. Yes. You know, yeah, I haven't. Uh, like I don't remember seeing that, but just his body type is very easy to imagine him just getting fucking ragdolled. Yes, <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. Um. And then Ballantyne again, just a really solid game from him. I have no idea if he graded out well, but he obviously had the one pick. He had a couple right. nice passes defended. Um. Valentine too in the end zone, just on the Justin Jefferson target to have the um the sound play to push him out of bounds so he could only get that one foot down. Fucking yep. awesome. Um. And yeah, Ballantyne too. I he's like a fifth year player. I I knew he was a little older than we thought because he'd stuck around the practice squad. This is maybe his third year with us, but he has okay. some experience and he does play kind of like just a savvy vet who doesn't really fuck up. And it's been it's been huge when Jair was kind of playing the opposite of that when when he was in there for us. So yeah, he was a rookie in twenty nineteen. Damn. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So there you go. Um. Jair, yeah, we'll see what happens. Keyshawn Nixon, he seemed very involved too after a couple down weeks. A couple nice it's tackles. Seven tackles. Yeah, that's he's been it's you could do a lot worse in the slot, especially for guys willing totally. to especially if you remember like Shamar Jean Charles, the few snaps he would get. Total liability. It's been nice this week and last week, I think, where Keyshawn's kind of bounced back. I think ideally you probably want like a really twitchy guy in the nickel slot position but like Keyshawn being like that hard-nosed guy when they run in the flat on his side it's fun to watch him come up and actually make a play like it's it's got this is gonna sound bad but it's got like the chuck feels where like he would come up and hit somebody and just send them like that was fun to watch and it feels like just the mentality in tackling is what i'm comparing to chuck of just like go up there and make a hit before they even have a chance to turn around 
the way he his jersey and accessories look, he's kind of got that Chuck look to him too, I guess. Or maybe I'm just He doesn't quite have the swag. Like Chuck no had one that does. swag. No one does. Like he walked like the way he walked. So like that doesn't really remind like he doesn't remind me of him, but I'm just like the way mm-hmm. you watch him come up and make a hit in that short field like on a tight end or a wide yeah. receiver or he it's fun to watch him like lay the lumber because he does hit hard we're especially not used to seeing that exactly that position either um darnell savage speaking of that darnell savage probably could have killed justin jefferson but decided not to hit him on that one play um i don't know that's just darnell five years ago justin jefferson yeah he's on a cart i think ross uglom tweeted that out it was something like he would have killed him five years ago it would have been legal literally uh jonathan owens had a I mean, he was fine, too. He had a nice little pass breakup in the flat, too. He's kind of that same, what we're talking about with Chuck. Like, he gets very involved in tackles. He's a bit of a liability in pass coverage at times. And then Anthony Johnson Jr. having that one pass breakup at the line of scrimmage, too. It's nice to see all the safeties get involved in some way, but also not fuck anything up, which is pretty cool. Um, anything else on the defense before special teams? I don't think so. No. Cool. It was, it was good team defense game, right? Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. Shout big shout out to the superstar Joe Barry. Uh special teams. Going into the game, Anders already had the most missed extra points in the league, and then he missed another one. So <laughs> that is uh a negative thing, I would say. And he's also not kicking many touchbacks either, which was kind of the biggest negative with Mason Crosby last year. You know, I I think we're like top five for most touchbacks and or I always wonder though, are they trying to do that? Because I feel like when you kick it to like the one yard line, that's a good question. Yeah, they never make it to the twenty five. Yeah, I and that's one thing I wrote down too. Uh, I wrote down as a note and then deleted is the coverage units were really good on kickoffs because yes, we usually were like tackling them at like the fifteen or twenty or so. But then I think with the start of the second half, it was that real. <laughs> Big one with the I shitty camera had, angle again. I fucking, yeah, it's ugh. always every time they use that camera angle, it's bad. Terrible. But it was the end of the first half. Remember, we kicked off with just a few seconds left, mm-hmm. and then we kicked off again. Yeah, both of those they almost broke them. Oh, I don't remember the one before. Half. I think it was two. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and then I guess I I will say this because I'm not a hypocrite. I was saying maybe we should assign Mason Crosby the miss he had for the Giants. Not very good. The extra point, I think he missed the 50-long uh, field goal as well. But it's like, oh, okay, maybe. But very cool to see him kick. Was it the game winner last week? The week before, it ended up being the game winner, I believe, yes. Pretty cool. Yeah, happy happy for Mason. Uh, Jaden Reed, that punt return hit was very weird. So I, I was, you know, he put his hand up to signal, and he still got hit. I don't know if they clarified that. It seemed like I was kind of going back and forth. On the broadcast, forth. On the broadcast, they had their rules guy come in. Yeah. And he was like, it doesn't, there's no rule that says if it's too late or too early. If he calls for a fair catch and he gets hit, you can't, you can't hit him. That's a flag. And that was like pretty much all he said. But it was like, okay. Like I get reasonably, Mm -hmm. there kind of should be like, I, I assumed a one count or like a half a second or like something. But like, the way the ref explained it in the game, he was like, the tackle had already started. I'm like, well, does the oh. tackle start out from three yards away? Because <laughs> yeah, that's when that's he not, did it. Yeah. Another ref lying about something that happened on the field. They would, they <laughs> yeah, he just made never, it up. He was yeah. like, no, the tackle had already started. So 
Yeah, because, like, okay. yeah, you know, like you're saying there, too, it's like, well, I, I guess I kind of understand them picking it up because it was so late, but if there isn't a rule for it, I can't really get mad about it. And then, obviously, fucking Samari Ture coming in. I don't know why. I'm sure Keyshawn had a bunch of snaps on defense, but Ture obviously getting cut after <sighs> or put on IR, I should say. I don't know why he was back there either way, but uh, special teams, Rich Passaccia, highest paid special teams coordinator in the league. I I don't think we'd move on from him, but fucking A. Uh, With that, take news. Football time. Take news. All right, take news for the week. This is probably, I think it's the third week in in a row that we're talking about Jair, but I I want to add variety. (laughs) This week, I just think it's interesting and as i've mentioned in the past i listened to the you know for me the gospel is what beat reporters say the guys that are actually in the locker room every single day they're at practice and it's it's not always shit that they say people have said but a lot of times especially guys like wildy or domofsky it's their given information which they base their opinion off of but they can't repeat because it's you know it's off the record. Yeah, they they know more than what they're actually telling you. Yes. Like, for instance, Jason Wildy was saying a lot that he wasn't sure how injured Jair was. And then more recently, the last couple of weeks, he specifically said it's an MC sprain. And then he started walking back some of the stuff where I'm not playing. Obviously, he could probably still play through it, blah, blah, blah. But it's like you get things that change opinions, blah, blah, blah. So I like listening to beat reporters instead of blogger boys for a lot of this stuff. Tom Silverstein on the Packers News podcast, which uh, shout out to, I think his name is Jared Radcliffe, the new host of that. He's done a great job. Cassidy Hill was fine, um, but she was a lot more bubbly and stuff. And now it's a lot more football talk, which is great because it's not like Tom Silverstein is a charismatic person. He's just very football and matter of fact about his opinions and stuff. And it's funny because Cassidy Hill, like I said, she's bubbly. She got hired by the Carolina Panthers. I think she's kind of like a West hood for them. So she works for them. So it's like more of an optimistic type job. And then the second week that she's on the beat or whatever for them, they're fucking the owner <laughs> throws a drink on the, oh, no. the Jake's fan and shit. But anyways, so this is a clip from the Packers News podcast, um, the Green Bay Gazette. This is Tom Silverstein. I thought this was very interesting, him talking about the Allentine brothers and Jair. And I think there was some question with if LaFleur and Alexander had actually made up or if Jair is going to come back and still be a problem. I thought at the end of what he said here was pretty positive, And the stuff before it makes you kind of think for how... How involved is Jay going to be when he comes back and what's best for the football team? LaCour Ballantyne just stood its ground and played very solidly. I think the thing, if there's anything that Jair Alexander has to learn is, one, these two guys just do their job. You know, they do their job first. And you don't see them really bust too many coverages. They may get beat, but... You know, it's probably a physical thing because they're not as talented as Jair Alexander. But they're not. Jair Alexander is trying to prove he's the number one cornerback in the NFL too often Mm -hmm. instead of just playing the position. And if anything, he should learn from these guys is that, you know, they're hungry. They just want to play. They just want to play the game right. And I'm not saying that J.R. Alexander doesn't play the game right. He's a smart, smart player, very instinctive. 
but he can learn a little bit and he should be humbled by this. And if anything, he should want to fit in. And so we'll see whether that's the case or if he continues to be immature and just thinks that, you know, he can go out and do whatever he wants and nobody will call him on it. Um, he did the uh, Valentine. Valentine said that um, he called them up after the game and they had a big uh uh, they were talking to him in the locker room after the game on his phone and that he texted him during the week, um, just kind of encouraging them. So that's that's a good sign. So uh, I guess we kind of talked about it a little bit ahead of time there, but I think it is a good point. I like how Tom said he thinks Jair, and I think it was more of just his opinion, but Jair wants to go out and prove he's like the best corner in the league. Like, yeah, you're right. And he's, you know, he kind of hints at him being a little arrogant, but then he's also like, oh, he's a very smart player, blah, blah, blah. But it's back to the Allentines and uh, how they're just doing their job, you know. And one, I guess we should start there. Who, how much do you want Jair to play this week? Because it is kind of an odd thing. Even before the suspension, you know, those couple games, the Allentines were playing pretty well together on defense. And then Jair came in. And it's not like he was terrible against the Panthers. But it is funny how the tandem of Stokes and Jair, the first round picks, was a lot less beneficial or whatever on defense than the Allentine brothers. So are you apprehensive of just sticking Jair back into the lineup going into this week 18 matchup against the Bears? <clears throat> not at all. I think that you have to look at, too, like if Jair was playing against, what is his name, like, Jaron Hall mm. and I mean that's a completely different game right um I think I would like to see him play every time he's available because he does have the talent he does have the skill I think Tom would like for him to only speak when spoken to and just shut up and play but like that's not a superstar yeah a superstar doesn't just go out there and he doesn't just you know, just do his job. Like, that's not what you get. And sometimes superstars make mistakes. That's 100% what happens. They take risks. Jair, great example. Do you remember when he left Adam Thielen wide open and blitzed off the corner and got the safety against right, the Vikings? Yeah. Yeah. That's what superstars do, right? Like, mm -hmm. those, are, those are the plays that you get. You also take the go with the bad. He has an ego, right? But that's what, that's what you get with a superstar. I could be misremembering. But I'm pretty sure that was with Mike Pettin as the defensive coordinator. And I think they asked him about it the next week. And Mike Pettin said, if Jair's comfortable doing something like that, I'm all for it. Like, he, I'm pretty sure he was fine with Jair doing that because he trusted him. Now, it's not one, Joe Barry's terrible in pressers. You know, I, he's always boring. And I think that's because he's trying to just save himself from maybe saying things he shouldn't in the media, but also I don't think he's just as much of a football mind as Mike Pettin was. But either way, it shows you that there is more of that trust with uh, Mike Pettin. The other thing going into this week that I, I'm thinking about is that we're going up against the Bears, one, a running team, but two, Justin Fields. So more, it's more likely that we're going to play a lot more zone coverage than man, which obviously, I don't know if you know this about Jair, he probably wants to get matched up against the number one receiver for the opposing team. So it's interesting. I The most beneficial thing, and what why I wanted to play that clip, why I thought of it for Take News this week, is I think the bit at the end 
of how Jair was still in contact with the young corners throughout the week while being suspended is huge. Because Jair's a weird dude. We all know it. We, we like Jair. You know, he does the goat yoga in the offseason. You know, he doesn't show up to offseason workouts. And then when people come into town, he leaves, whatever. But with Matt LaFleur, especially, and the way he's handled the leadership, especially on the defensive side of the ball, he's kind of dropped it this year. So when he said last week that him and Jair were good and that their relationship's only going to be better because of this, I pause and I'm like, I don't know if that's true. But the fact that Jair was texting the corners and then FaceTimed him, called him after the game, I do think he show, he's going to show up and be a team player this week. And I'm very, very curious to see how that's going to look on Sunday. I don't think that Jair is not a team guy. I think he's not a Matt LaFleur guy and probably not a Joe Barry guy either. I think, I think more that Joe, that is the yeah. problem. Yeah, I think it's more that he has an issue with a couple of people they happen to be running the team, <laughs> but I think I don't think he's like not a team guy. Like he doesn't. It just doesn't seem to me that he's like he's not super selfish in that regard of like not being. He celebrates with his teammates. Like yep. he doesn't seem like he's on an island. I wouldn't expect that people you know stay away from him in the locker room. He seems like a likable guy. He's he's odd, right? He's probably eccentric, whatever. But like again. He's a superstar. He has that ego. It's inflated. But, like, dude, like, do you want your quarterback with no ego? Do you want your star corner with no – like, mm-hmm. the, the further away from the ball, the crazier you got to be, right? Like, when you get out there on the edge, you got to be a little bit crazy, right? Like, wide receivers and corners go at it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, there's just something about it. Like, you have to have that dog in you. Like, you have to be like, I'm the best. I don't know. That's my thought. And you talked about him not getting along with the coaches or whatever. I, I do think him and Matt are okay. I know I've talked some shit about it. I think Matt should have talked to him more. I know it's tough, but you're the coach of the team. I do think, and I've we've brought it up several times this year and last year too, but Jerry Gray, and now he was the DB coach last year. Again, I think he probably put some shit in those defensive backs head that Joe Barry's system fucking sucks. And I'm bringing it up again because I hadn't thought of the Mike Pettin thing and that blitz to get the safety before and how Mike Pettin was probably a guy that Jair liked more because he kind of let him do his thing because he trusted him and he probably, he was more of a man guy as well. So I think it is a Joe Barry thing that he's going to have to overcome. And I, I have no idea what it's like with the DB coach and everything, but I don't, I'm very curious to see how he comes out and plays this week. Hopefully he plays, he better fucking play. Um, and the other thing I want to talk about before we get into is Colin idiot is the Joe Barry game ball. For those who might not have seen on Twitter, one, they always have not always, but they they'll put those locker room videos after a win out there. And the editing is always funny this year. Because they always have two different camera angles. And you can do some movie magic where I think they kind of cut out awkward things that Matt might say. But this week, it seems like they they cut out a piece where Joe Barry got a game ball. Because we see Jordan Love get one, Bo Melton get one, and the the, uh, players are all in the locker room. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the video, you see Joe Barry holding one. But they didn't have that announcement in the video. So... Are you weary of this potentially meaning Joe Barry is back in Matt LaFleur's good graces? <clears throat> okay, so if we're assuming that he did get a game ball, he wasn't just holding it yeah. to give to somebody else, whatever. Like, make that assumption. He got a game <laughs> He's ball. He's holding it for Jair. But what's more telling? 
They gave him a game ball. Sure, fine. Inside that locker room, he got a game ball. But if if the media team cuts it, mm-hmm. what does that tell you, right? Like, is that like, has he already been kind of told, like, you got five games left maximum? Like, has that already been said to him? And, like, they didn't want to put it out there because they know the fan base you, you would can't. riot yeah. if he got a game ball. But if they haven't at least had the internal conversation that he's out the door, why would the media team cut that? Yeah. They wouldn't. I I think somebody would have to tell them to cut it, right? I think the media team is savvy enough to know that Joe Barry like every time they put out a tweet, there's fired Joe Barry tweets. So if they showed him getting a game ball, I think there would be a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of violence on Twitter for people attacking him and, you know, getting a little <laughs> A little more angry than than there was because they cut it out. But I think it's a good sign because we know Matt, and Matt's a good guy. He's a nice guy. I think Joe Barry one knows he's out. The last two weeks, especially yeah. in the pressers, I mean, he said it. He sounds defeated. He sounds off. I feel bad for him because once again, it's like it's to the point with Matt where. He should have probably fired Joe Barry for Joe Barry's own good because now, again, he's this national name where everyone knows he's a bum and not a good football coach, and that's going to fucking follow him around where if you if you fired him last year or if you fired him halfway through this year, I don't think that stigma is going to stick with him. But maybe Matt is so nice to all the other head coaches. He's like, look, guys, you cannot hire Joe Barry. Look what he's doing to me. Yes, yes. But I think Matt gave him a game ball because, one, it was a great performance from the defense. You know, they only held him to 10 points and it was really only three. And it's like, hey, Joe, you know, when you look back at your time with the Packers in this last season, you got this game ball. It's it's the last little achievement I think Joe Barry's going to have with the Green Bay Packers. So I, I saw it as an optimistic thing that they are going to move on, and I swear to God if they don't, I'm going to unalive myself, maybe. I don't know. That's, that's, the, only, that's the only thing that could happen this offseason, barring something catastrophic, that would make me, uh, I don't know, not optimistic. I w- you right should here. change your expectations because we have no idea what they're going to do with Joe Barry, right? We have no idea. That's another thing, too, how Wildy has been very on the fence about joe barry coming back and now he's been pretty adamant that he's not going to come back this year or next year so that oh that's interesting that actually makes me feel way more that he's gone because i don't think wildy because wildy's a nice guy yes, too right yes. like wildy wouldn't call out like call for another man's job no right I mean, like he, he would he, never he did say that or he even, would fire him but that's a different thing sure I mean, pretty much everybody would say that at yes, this point. But he, that's familiar but he with didn't, the situation. But he didn't say he's a dead man walking. He didn't say like, oh, yeah. I uh, sources have told me that Joe Still Barry makes me feel him. better because like you talked about a little bit earlier about how the beat writers will kind of like their opinions are based on information that they have. Mm-hmm. Wildy seems like one, one that gets a lot of information. And two, if you read between the lines when you listen to Wildy he'll tell you a lot. Yes. It's, it seems, historically. Because even when he's given his opinion, he usually says, now, this is just my opinion. Yes. But other times right. when he's talking about things and going down a rabbit hole, or with him, especially when you're listening to Wildey and Tausch, when he does this like little whisper voice almost, like when I've brought up Mark Murphy to him and shit, and he's talking about how Russ Ball finagled his way up there, that's the voice he uses, and that's when he's saying the good shit. And that's what I always, that's yes. why I listen to the show. Um, 
With that, is Kyle an idiot? I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. Is Kyle an idiot for the week? Todd, you and Billy have been phenomenal this year. I think last, whatever. You guys have been great. What I don't remember what you were last week. Two and one, one and two. Who cares? Probably three no. Who's to say? Call it three no. Todd, what we're playing the Bears this week? What four <laughs> former Packers are on the Bears' current fifty-three man roster? Oh, well, I actually Uh-oh. looked at the injury report prior to this, so I know Lucas Patrick, Mercedes Lewis, Equinemius St. Brown, and. Yeah. Who, oh wait, did you say players? Do they have to be players? Who did you say? Again, I th- uh, EQ Mercedes Lucas Patrick. Okay, yeah, you are missing one. I'm missing one. A but player. did you say players? Player. Or We're just coach? counting players. Okay. Oh, who am I missing then? Probably, maybe the best one of the group. Probably the most productive one of the group for the Packers. Maybe someone who knows big dog well. Offensive side of the ball. Good. You're very good Would at reading be... hits. I actually don't. I actually have no idea who it is. Oh, God. He wears number 18. And it's ugly. He shouldn't be wearing that number. Gosh. You're going to be I... You're gonna be pissed. Oh, wait. Uh, is it a quarterback? Nope. Um, nope. It is not a quarterback. I don't know. I don't know who it is. Big Bob Tunyon. Robert Tunyon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think okay. I think he's number eighteen. He's eighteen. Every time I see a Bears game and I, he gets a uh, reception, which isn't too often this year. He was actually like their third leading receiver last week, but yeah, he's a. I think he grew up he in the Chicago area. Number eighteen. Area. Yeah, very very gross. Um, and it's something I know. I'm sure people love it when I talk about Rogers, but you know how much people have given Rogers shit about bringing in Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and. Uh, Billy Turner and whoever else, all these guys. Look at look at the Bears. Is is Justin Fields the one demanding that big dog Robert Tunyon, EQ, and Lucas Patrick come in? No, it's almost like when you have an offensive coach like Luke Getze, he wants guys in his system that know it, which is exactly yeah. what Hackett did and the Jets with yep. those guys. But of course, you know that's that's not a big thing. Obviously, you know it's a lot more money to sign Alan Lazard and shit like that, right. but. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Number two, who are the other two tight ends that played for both the Packers and the Bears over the last 10 years? Um, Martellus Bennett. Yep. And over the last 10 years? I thought Bennett was going to be the tougher one. I'm just trying to think of tight ends. It was more recent than Bennett. God, I need Billy here. He's a tight. It's not that tough. He's a tight end. He was more of a pass catching tight end. Did um, uh, there's only so who many. Caught the who caught the Detroit, the miracle in Motown. Richard Rodgers. <laughs> I don't. Was it Richard? It Rogers? was Richard Rodgers. Oh no no sorry wait, sorry oh, no oh, was, okay. The, what you were asking, yes. In Detroit, it was Richard Rogers who caught the Hail Mary. That might be a clue. I'm trying to think of that. Maybe someone who flies helicopters. I don't. She. It's like your your clues aren't even. It's Jimmy helpful. Graham. It's Jimmy Graham. Mm, yep. Okay. Yeah. You probably should have known that one. But Martellus Bennett, just want to bring that up again. Uh, such a piece of shit liar. I fuck. I, I mean, I hate it. So. Like I. 
Man. I was excited for him too, like to have him when he came, that, and then he sucked. That off season was great. Remember him on like Twitter? He was like, "What number should I be?" And there was like a poll, and he ended up wearing number eighty, Donald Driver's number. And then yep. eventually, after Rogers gets hurt, he was the guy who uh, Rogers was throwing to on that play too. Rogers uh-huh. gets hurt, and he pretty much quits on the team. Haha, Clinton Dix and some other players even said that he quit on the team. Well, Martellus yeah. Bennett said that Pat McKenzie was trying to make him play through an injury. So the who, if anybody knows anything about the Packers, Pat McKenzie doesn't make anybody play through anything. The fact that Jordy Nelson spoke up after and said that it was bullshit and supported McKenzie, and we can just look back and see the way Devontae Adams has tweeted and deleted things, saying that he was pissed that they weren't letting him play, and just the fact that Bennett said he couldn't play, he had to get surgery, he asked to be released, they released him, and then he signed with the Patriots and played two games a week after he was cut by the Packers. You're just, you're a lying piece of shit. You're a lying piece of shit. You're a lying piece of shit. Number three, what former Packer after signing with the bears encountered a bear with her cub on his driveway while he was riding a scooter? What, what kind of question is this? This is two years ago and you should remember this. This, these, I don't think these are that difficult. Encountered a bear on a scooter in a driveway? It was a the very bear viral... was riding a scooter? No. Was this like a circus it was, bear? Yeah, it was in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people know this answer. Maybe they're yelling right God now while listening it. to it. it. This is horrible. It was within the last three years. Can I get some half points? I got one out of two tight ends. Uh, Three out of the four. This this person's first. I'm not getting this one. This person's first name. If you cut it in half, it's the same. The second half. Uh, It's haha. You're the worst. Haha. Clinton Dix. It's haha. He saw a bear in his driveway. It was a huge story. It was funny. He was. I have never. He was playing for the Bears at the time, or he was just got done playing for the Bears, and there was a security cam footage of him riding his scooter, seeing a bear, and jumping off and running away. It was. It was a pretty big thing. I mean that sounds funny. Yeah, but it was and oh for three without Billy. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <sighs> partial points I guess. Gross. But you guys are still positive for the year. Uh, Billy did send you a stump spenny question. What is yep. the stump spenny? Okay, so I'm actually going to give you two. Ooh. He gave me two. Okay. So in honor of the last game of the regular season, um, <clears throat> the first one is in 2011. How many times did Green Bay beat Chicago in 2011? In the year of 2011. Oh. That's what he was going with? Uh, Well, we didn't play him in the playoffs, so it's three. No. What is it? Four? Four? Oh, because of the regular season two. 2010. Okay. Yep, yeah, that, okay, 2010 regulars, I, regular and post, and then two in 2011. I forgot week 17, we played them as well. Yeah, they could have kept us yep. out. That game was at Lambeau, I believe. Fuck. Okay, god damn it. Okay, Billy. Yeah, he had me on that one. All right, what's the second one? Okay, in the uh, 2014 victory over the Bears, Packers won 55 to 14. Oof. Uh, Eddie Lacy and Aaron Rodgers did not lead the team in rushing. Do you know who did? 2014. 2014. Packers put up 55 points, but Eddie Lacy was not the leading rusher, and nor was Aaron Rodgers. Just to 2014. Um, I don't. I think that was before Ty Montgomery. Um, obviously not Ryan Grant. Not Alex Green. He was bad. God. I don't 
was Twan. I don't think it was Twan Harris. I don't think it was Christine Michael. <laughs> James Starks. It was Dwan Harris. It was Dwan Harris. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I love Dwan Harris. I think I might have mentioned before. I was at the Packers Lions game at Lambeau in 2012. 13, 2012, 2013. It was like a Sunday night game, and that was the Dwan Harris coming out party. It was a snow globe game. It was the coolest Packer game I've ever been to because it was just that would be fun. On our way driving to the game, me and my buddy Kyle, um, different Kyle than the one who was on the podcast previously. Uh, we're driving from Milwaukee. I was going to UW Milwaukee at the time, and we see a car in the ditch. We're like, oh shit! And it was snowing. It was a snowstorm. So we pull over, run down to the ditch, and we're like, oh, are you okay? And it was this older woman, and like her granddaughter or something it was probably in like her 20s or something we're like, oh do you need help she's like oh no we're good get going she saw her packer get going don't miss the game so that we got in her car and kept going to lambo <laughs> and it was it was an awesome awesome game they ended up winning that game. only happens in wisconsin yes <laughs> for sure all right moving on to the preview the packers are playing the chicago bears kickoff is at 325 on cbs with jim nance and tony romo packers are currently three point favorites with a 44 point over under again vegas you get three points for being the home team so they see them as pretty evenly matched teams bears are seven and nine and eliminated from the playoffs they did uh end up beating the falcons last week like 35 to something what is it i think it's right here i I can't uh what is it box score click it's loading 17 37 oh so they did put up quite a few points uh on offense they're improved in the second half they've you know just fields i'm sure people saw they were chanting his name and shit uh this week after that win his last game at soldier field potentially but they are 16th in points per game at 21.9 17th in yards per game at 33.4 or 331.4 uh, however, points per play, they are 20th, and points per, or yards per play, they are 24th. Oof, lots of numbers here. They are 6th sixth, sixth best in yards per carry at 4.6, 25th in yards per pass at 6, 26th in sack percentage, 27th in picks per game, and 23rd overall in giveaways, so they do turn over the ball quite a bit. Fields, like I said, still their quarterback. He's had a better second half of the year. Um, last week he was 20 for 32 with 268 yards, one touchdown, but he also had 11 carries for 45 along with another touchdown. Khalil Herbert has been their leading rusher on the year for the running backs along with, uh, Johnson, the rookie, uh, Herbert led them last week in carries. He had like twice as many as Johnson and had a 4.9 average. So that's pretty solid. DJ Moore is having a great year, especially for running back, throwing him the ball. He has over 1,300 yards and had 159 yards last week. And as mentioned, Robert Tunyon was their tight end one last week. He had like 40 yards with Cole Komet being out. So I think that'll be something to monitor this week if he's playing their usual number one tight end, who is one of the higher paid tight ends in the league, which is really weird. He's making like 10 mil per year, which is very odd for a average player but yeah on defense they've been pretty solid since they traded for montez sweat from washington they're 20th in points per game at 22.6 12th in yards per game at 317.4 but they haven't allowed a team to score over 20 points since playing the lions on november 17th they haven't gone up against many great teams but they're you know you can only play who you're going up against no team forces more picks than the Bears. They have 16 over the last six games, which is pretty good if you 
if you do the math wow. together. Or it might be 12 over six games. I don't know. They, a, lot, okay. a lot of picks. That makes more sense. I, I could be wrong. I saw the stat out there. Maybe just Google. I don't fucking know. Um, also, they're third overall in turnovers. However, they get to the QB the worst in the league, which is kind of weird. Montez Sweat leads the Bears in sacks with only six, and that's after being <laughs> traded right before wow. Halloween. Uh, but again... Sweat, he's been pretty solid for them. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe is on the IR, their other edge player who, I don't know. He's a weird player. I feel like he's played for like eight different teams at this point. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, Tremaine Edmonds, and Jalen Johnson each have four picks for them. Justin Jones, their defensive tackle, has 10 tackles for loss. Um, yeah, that's that's the Bears. There's that report that their head coach is going to return, which is a little surprising. I guess I haven't paid attention enough or cared about the Bears to think about them so i don't really care what they do but that seems like a dumb move he i don't know i don't like his hair that's eberflus right yeah eberflus but i guess i mean for the defense and them sticking along and you know not getting eliminated until last week especially after having to fire their defensive coordinator like two games into the season and that's still there were weird rumors around that but i've never really heard anything about it but i don't know if the it it just feels like last year with the Lions and the Bears have kind of been in that same mold where they've had a very good second half of the year. You know, they're eliminated already before going into the game, but they can obviously play spoiler. And the it's just the dumb shit, but the Packers did not play well against the Vikings at home. They did not play well against the Lions at home. We're playing the Bears at home oh. and then the away games we shellacked all those teams. So odd. That's a little odd. That makes me think, you know, I'm just looking at the way things are playing out. But at the same time, the Bears have never beat Matt LaFleur. And this would be a pretty bad time to let that happen. Um, again, I'm a little bit worried. I think this is going to be a big injury report week two because we have Wicks, Reed, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, Luke Musgrave. He still hasn't been activated from the IR. Uh, McDuffie, Campbell, AJ Dillon even got banged up at the end. I, I don't remember if he came back in, but they were looking at his broken thumb. So big injury week. Uh, so we'll have to pay attention to that. But vibes, football stuff. How are you feeling going into this? It's just it, I agree with the comparison to last year's Lions game. The the Bears are going to give us everything that they have to try and spoil our season. Obviously, if anything, they're playing harder than they would. Yeah, if they were going into the playoffs, yeah, right? Fair. Like, <laughs> and they even like said shit like that even before last week. Right. I think they said they were looking forward to the Packer game. I just, I do feel like, I don't know. In years past, I kind of have felt that like the team didn't have any guts, but I don't really feel that way about this team. Like, I mm -hmm. feel like this team does have some balls, and so I kind of, I, st I still think we win this game, but. It's a scary game, right? Like, I don't – it's just a running quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. Our defense already sucks in general, <laughs> right? Like, and then you get throw a running quarterback. And Justin Fields is probably the number two running quarterback in the league behind Lamar Jackson. Oh, like, one or two. I know last year he had, like, 1,200. I'm just saying skill-wise. Yes. If, yes. if you're talking to have to guard some – He's not as good as the MVP, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, – um, Lamar throws the ball, so that <laughs> yeah. makes him a little better. Um, but he, as far as runners go, he's scary on the ground. He's a great runner. Like they run the ball well. Um, 
man, I don't know. I just I do feel like it's going to be a little bit of a shootout. So that's a little scary. Yeah, it. Uh, again, this is dumb, but that first quarter is going to be big. You know, I mentioned it. How obviously the pick that we got, the second drive or whatever from Valentine, when that happened, it was like, okay, we're going to win this game. And if we can kind of step on their neck early in this game too, maybe get the ball first, score first, have Joe Barry's very aggressive, exotic defense just hound fields after that. It's just, I don't know. It Everything has gone, I don't want to say everything, but it's been such an up and down year where if we yep. came out flat or the defense just gets run on all, all game, it would be hard to be shocked, you know, because we had other points this season where we're like, if we don't win this game, we're done. We're fucking done. And now it's like, well, is th- this is actually true. If we don't win this one, we're done. But I don't know. It's been a weird vibe year. And just with the whole, you know, the deja vu of last year, I'm wondering if the way Love and Rogers' first season starting have been kind of mirrors of each other. I'm sure people have seen this too, where they have the exact same pass rating through 16 games. Obviously, Love's going to play another one, but through 16 games, which is all that first season was for Rogers, exact same pass rating to the decimal point. It would be pretty fucking cool if Jordan Love can make the playoffs in his first year starting, especially yeah. when Rogers wasn't able to last year, and now we're in this whole rebuild. That would be so, awesome. I don't know. I'm pretty excited. Uh, what is your score prediction for this game? My score prediction is 28 to 24 Packers. I do still think they pull it out. Um, I, I do think it's going to matter who's playing, though. I mean, we don't have the injury report yet. Mm-hmm. It It is going to be interesting to see who's playing this week. Um, but I think we pull it out. I, I think this team's got the guts. They can go in there. Or not go in there, but at home. Technically. Pull out a win. It's the Bears. Like, I think they're going to be up, you know, going to the playoffs if they win. I mean, I don't know. I, I I feel okay. I'm nervous, but I do feel like they win this game. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at too. Um, you know, talking about the injuries, and I talked about the injuries too, but, it, you know, it's not like Jordan Love is the MVP, but if you did that whole blind resume thing, God, you would think he'd get some attention especially if he didn't play so poorly for like four weeks well there was that and it's almost if he was just on the same page with these young guys too for those four weeks things would have been better but even just it's like first it was getting on the same page with these young guys and them developing and now the second half of the season it's like christian watson's hurt wicks is hurt, hurt. jaden reed like all those guys obviously uh luke musgrave all those guys have missed time so it's been pretty amazing how he's been able to overcome that in his first year and lead this late playoff push but also i think if you talk look at mvps your team has to be you have to have like a 10 win team Mm -hmm. to be the mvp right like that i don't think they ever give out the mvp to a a team that has three wins right like this just doesn't happen it is an odd award i think big cat put it out there that he's like it's just whoever is the number one the best quarterback for the number one seed in either conference yep. i was kind of hoping maybe not hoping but obviously purdy having that dog shit game and i mean lamar's had a great year but it would have been cool if tyreek could have that's what the, i was thinking mvp kind of like back in the or day when people were talking like tyreek or cmc getting yeah. it like both of those other skill positions would be fun will we ever see a defensive player get it again <sighs> I don't, I don't know, because JJ obviously had that no. one year, but it would be you'd have to be 
maybe you'd have to be like Chuck and play like offense too or some shit. But I, I find that very hard to believe. But yeah, my score prediction. I have the Packers winning 17 to 28. I really hope they win. I'm I don't know if I'm gonna go to the game. I might go to the game for a day visit, but I don't know. It's uh it's gonna be tough. Uh well I, I also do have Billy's score prediction. Ah, ooh, if you would like it. Yes, of course. Billy predicts forty one twenty seven Green Bay. Ugh, I don't like that. Okay. And should I should I just go right yeah, into yeah. his bold prediction? Five Jordan Love TDs. Jesus, that is. He said total TDs. He didn't say all throwing. So it's also so Billy obviously isn't here. The last time he wasn't here, we were trying to uh, get his stump Spenny question over and stuff. And you, he sent us because we couldn't find it. He said he sent it. We couldn't find it in the emails. And in that prediction, because it was like halfway through the year, I think he ended it with Packers suck because that's when we were in the middle of oh, not yeah, being that's right. a very good team. So the fact that now he thinks Jordan Love is going to have five touchdowns and that type of score. A tale of two seasons. Yeah, it would be a pretty cool way to finish off the season and go into the playoffs. But do uh, you want to? He also did want a shout out oh. for his bold prediction from last week because it hit. Oh, what was it? JJ under 75 yards. Oh, sure. I guess it did. He he really likes the predictions. He always wants to get them in, but it's like we we have them every week, and then we never really talk about them again unless they do hit. But that is <laughs> but that is a good hit. But it hit. Yeah, yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. I wonder what his over under was set for that game. But either way, that is very impressive. My or do you want to give your bold prediction? Yeah, I want to give your bold prediction. <clears throat> I was gonna go to the defense and say they hold Justin Fields to under twenty yards rushing. Which is like, I think that's super bold. I wonder how often that's happened this year with them. Yeah, I think that's incredibly bold too. Hey, if on our defense, yes, wait. You don't think the stout Joe Barry zone defense with uh, Eric Wilson making playing spy on? I'm sure we do it with Quay, but I mean, I hope. But I almost feel like you got to walk a safety up there to cover to play. You know, to cover him, he's so freaking fast. I'm just like imagining the the far sides of the field of Jair Alexander and Carrington Valentine trying to bring down the monster of Justin Fields. That, that's a little iffy, but I don't know. The Bears game last year was very weird too. That was like the best game all year for the Packers because it looked like garbage. And then at the end, it was just like Christian Watson jet sweep for the touchdown and shit. That would be, if Christian Watson plays in this game, I haven't even thought about him for a few weeks here. That would be pretty, pretty big yeah. too, just to, especially if Luke comes back too and we can finally have those two studs out there and now they have brains for the offense and they can just actually spread the field. That would be pretty cool. My bold prediction. Do you remember my bold prediction last week? Um, Eric, no, I don't. Eric Stokes, INT. We didn't even talk about that. <laughs> Such a bummer for him. His hammy again. I don't know how many times a player has been. On the PUP and then the IR twice. What a rough But go talk for about him. a guy. We talked about Christian Watson, not durable. Is there anybody less durable than Eric Stokes? Anybody. <sighs> but but for him, it's just been like the last two years, I feel like. And you feel bad because he had a catastrophic injury, you know. He was in a wheelchair. I feel for bad him. for him. I totally feel bad for yeah. him. But he's literally always hurt. I know. It it fucking sucks. Hopefully he can I don't think we're gonna pick up the fifth year option on him. But I have Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Well, he we, Goody did for Savage, but I guess just to be nice Savage knows what? how to run. Uh, that's true. 
I have Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft each having a touchdown in this game. Again, I don't even know if Luke Musgrave is going to play, but that would be pretty fucking cool to that would be sweet. have the welcoming party for the two frat boy uh, white tight ends coming out and having touchdowns in this game. Would be pretty, pretty cool. And then Big Dog and Robert Tunyon will be crying on the sideline watching that happen. Ah, yes. yes. But, uh, yeah, that's all we have for the game, the... The preview for the Bears game. God, I really hope we fucking... I, I don't want to jinx... I, I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to jinx anything. Uh, corrections from last week. Like I said, uh, I already said it, the Brandon Jackson thing. That's not a big deal. But the questions on Spotify. Hmm, very fun. I just want to... I guess this is a correction. RJ, I said JR last week. I don't know if he wanted me to say his name. But the scenario he asked. And if you... If we'll start doing this now. If you want to leave a question... Go on Spotify, and at the end of the episode, or I think you can just comment when you're watching, ask a question, say something good, whatever. I That has to help with whatever algorithm Spotify has. And, you know, I don't really care about... Uh, I, I, I want people to listen to the podcast. I don't care about anything else. I see all these other people doing, like, Patreon and shit. I'm like, I don't care about fucking money. I just want to talk about the Packers. Anyways, his question was, and we've kind of answered it a few times, but would you want to win out and hopefully make the playoffs, but each win comes with our defense giving 30-plus points, thus probably still firing Barry after the playoffs? Yes, that is the ideal scenario, which I think we've talked about quite a bit on here. Todd, I assume you agree? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. I like that. And then the question that David asked, which, again, if you ask a question, I'm just going to read it on the fucking podcast and use your first name. He said, <laughs> this is good. Hey, Spencer. A few seasons ago, you scolded Kyle for swearing because your mom listened to the show. Are you guys looser with the language because she stopped listening? Um, oh, one, very cool. I'm a 31 year old man. I don't remember you scolding Kyle about swearing. I must have done it once, but we maybe maybe I talked about my mom scolding me about the swearing, but we've been pretty consistent with the. There's always been a little e next to the. Uh, logo for explicit mm, since we've had the podcast yes. but no i don't i don't give a shit i don't know if she still listens <laughs> uh you know and once again that's why this podcast is so cool we say shit and fucking piss and guys yeah and people, bad words and people like andy herman would never do that they, they would shrivel up if they if they mm. ever heard a curse word like that i'm sure yeah soy boy bloggers <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is all satire we we love everyone uh but yeah if you want to leave a review you can do that on apple five star Review, take a screenshot, whatever, send it to us on Twitter, PMP Pod, or email us at PMP Podcast, and we'll send you a koozie. And again, if you just want to ask a question, we'll probably answer it at the end of the episode, as long as it's not terrible. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Big week. Very cool that the Packers, this is the fifth year we've had the podcast. Who would have thought? Yeah, and every, every single year, we're at least alive going into the last game yeah. of the season, where we've pretty much had playoffs every single year. Who would have thought after what was it the Vikings game in like week eight or whatever it was? The Broncos game was low. Like when we lost the Broncos, I was already defeated before the Vikings game. You know, we strung four losses together. That's kind of impressive. It was October. I don't think we won in October. Like I said, the thirty for thirty that's going to be made about Packer fans for the that one month where we didn't have a franchise quarterback is going to be huge. That is wild. Yeah, we because October actually had three games. Oh. There you go. For, I thought it was four, just with how well by week. Uh, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, I might go to the game. You won't go to the game. I'm gonna be nervous for the game no matter what. But uh, yes, we'll see you on the other side. Todd, do you have anything else? 
go back. All right, with that, Eric Hoskinen, please don't sue us. Anywhere I quit my job. Yeah, because it just won't pay. I worked all year. I worked all month. Then they took my money. Uh, what did you get in B-dubs? I like the spicy parm. I do not like the regular yeah. parm. It's just not like... I just yeah. like spicy wings. Like when I go out to get wings, I'm like, I want spicy. Um, oh. But I do like the jam jalapeno too. So I'll go like hot, jamming, and teriyaki would be like my top three. And then spicy. I Not teriyaki. What I I say? usually get a third... Parm gar. I don't. A like third teriyaki. Teriyaki's fine. It's good. Medium hot. Uh, hot. Jamaican jerk. Jam and jalapeno, and then spicy parm. Mm. Ooh, I haven't. Ooh, I haven't I ventured out too much. Taste of jalapeno. I went to a burger place once and they had a jalapeno puree that they put on the okay. burger. Oh, so good. 